Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope that it will encourage you and help you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more. Ready? Guys, send in your pictures. And you could be featured on our bumper for this series. Isn't that fun? I know some of you um, are surprised each week to see yourself on there as others have sent in pictures of you. Um, Feel free to do that too. So send them to me. Send them to office at CPC Life. Uh, or just go on the website, pick any email address that you can find on there, and it will make its way to me, and then I will uh, put your pictures on there. (laughs) I have to compose myself on this, but I think the beautiful thing about seeing an update from a missionary around the world, two things. First of all, we are reminded that God is at work all around the globe, and that his work, his kingdom, is advancing. And then for us here, when we give of our finances to missionaries like Les and the other people that we support, we get to take tangible efforts and participate in the work of the kingdom around the globe. And what desperate times we live in right now, um, we don't need to lose hope because God is at work, but we get to partner with what he's doing and in in the west we are so very very blessed with abundance and whatever that means for you i challenge you to give and to give scandalously and outrageously towards the global work of the kingdom of god amen that has nothing to do with my message but that's a good word all right we are in a great series You've got a friend in me. We are talking about relationships. I'm Pastor Laura, by the way. If you are visiting, welcome. We're glad you're here. Everyone needs relationships. And everyone needs DNA relationships, close relationships. That's what we're going to keep talking about today. Um, The topic of friendships and relationships I just want to say is every bit as holy and spiritual as every other topic we will ever cover here from the pulpit and in our Bible studies and in our classes that we offer. And let me encourage you with a scripture that just proves this. Uh, I'll give you the reference in a second. This is my paraphrase. When the stable is empty, there's no poop to clean up. (laughs) Proverbs 14, verse 4, it actually says... Without oxen, the stable is clean, but from the strength of an ox comes the abundant harvest. What does that have to do with relationships? Essentially, when we don't have them in our lives, the stable might be clean, which is great. We've got no poop to clean up, but we need relationships. We need ox in the barn. We need them out in the field with us in order to see the abundant harvest. So, when you deal with people, you deal with poop. It happens. Life gets messy. We have messes to clean up. But without relationship, 
we have a beautiful barn that's empty and no harvest in the field. So this is why we talk about relationships. You can go ahead and apply that verse to anything you want, really. Uh, it's a great one, just fantastic. The actual passage that we're gonna read from today is Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through this, the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. In the NIV translation, pre-1984, it continues with the let us's, and it says, let us not give up meeting together, as some of us are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Today we're gonna to apply this passage to our DNA relationships, and DNA relationships at CPC stands for discipleship, nurturing, and accountability. Those closest in our lives that have access and permission to know all of us. But first, before we really get into the, the nitty gritty of DNA relationships, I wanna just show you a simple breakdown of all relationships. And um, I like resources. I wish I had one to give away, like and throw one out to whoever raises their hand. Um, but this is a fantastic book about all relationships, not just marriages or whatever. It is called Keep Your Love On, and it is by Danny Silk which he's got a number of books that are just excellent for life, everyday life. But this book in particular, um, just, just buy it and read it and you will be blessed. As we go through the series on relationships, it's gonna bring up things that we have to work through. We've gotta clean up some of the poop, right? In our stables. Um, and this book is going to help you do that. So um, this is where I'm getting this simple breakdown of all of our relationships. So I called it the circle of friendships. Um, you can go ahead and pop that first one up if it's there, Alexis, thanks. Okay, so we have a circle of friendships. And at the center, we have ourselves. And then the next ring out, we have our spouse and our family. Uh, the third ring is our DNA relationships. And then fourth is our friendships, our good friends. The fifth ring is our acquaintances. And then the last ring is everyone else. So that's pretty simple to understand, right? We have degrees of friendship. But the important thing to understand is that the closer that people get into the circles of our lives, the more access they have to us. 
And the farther out they are in the rings of our friendship circles, the less access uh, and permissions they may have. And all of us empaths in the room are dying slow deaths inside because we're like, I want to give everybody the same amount of love and care and time and energy. And that's wonderful, but not sustainable. So I'm going to try to help us with that a little bit today. Establishing our friendship rings, who fits into these different layers of friendship in our lives and relationship is actually really important to do. We have to give thoughtful time and energy to developing these relationships with the closest ones being the most important. For some of us, it might mean cutting back a little bit. For other people, it might be adding in some people where there are gaps. Giving time to establishing who's in these rings, um, the reason it's so important is because what ends up happening if it's not is life gets out of balance. And somebody who's in the number four or the number five ring ends up getting the time and attention and care that somebody in the innermost rings should be receiving. And those people miss out. And it can become a really unhealthy balance. The better and the stronger our relationships are, <clears throat> excuse me, means that our life is managed and we have... Um, we become trustworthy because we're reliable. People are, they understand what we're gonna do. I feel like, you know, if we don't manage life or our relationships, our relationships manage us. I don't know if any of you guys ever watched this movie. Oh gosh, and now I'm not even gonna rem remember what it is. It's a bunch of superheroes, but they're like total misfits. And there's one with the bowling ball. Mystery yes, mystery men, yes. <laughs> Dumbest movie, but hilarious really funny. There's a guy in it who every, his like big line, he's, his superpower is wisdom kind of thing. And he always says, you must become the master of blah, 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 or a master of you, they will become. And it's always mind blowing. And, um, but it's true. If we don't manage ourselves, if we don't manage our relationships, they will manage us. And as I opened up my Tupperware drawer this morning to find a container to put my yogurt in, so that I could have protein before I preached and not be shaking because I've had too much caffeine, I looked in my Tupperware drawer and I saw a lot of lids and a lot of containers and none of them fit together for the purpose that they were supposed to. It seems like a really shallow example, but it's in fact very deep. Um, <laughs> If we don't take care, if we don't take time to establish these circles of relationships in our lives, we just end up with a bunch of lids and a bunch of containers that don't fit. And it can feel quite frustrating in a moment when you need somebody and you don't have them. Or when there's a person who's demanding a little bit too much from you and you don't quite know how to handle it. These levels of intimacy and closeness and uh, time and, and attention that people receive in our lives also determine how much value and weight their words hold um, and actions have in our life, which is actually very freeing if we have them in the right order. They affect, um, they, they 
it impacts the effect that those words and actions have on us. If you have a person in the, the fifth ring um, of acquaintances and they say something, you know, when you know where your relationship lies with them, it doesn't have to stick. It doesn't carry the same amount of weight. But when somebody in that DNA relationship or a spouse or family member in your life comes with something in love to challenge you on, the weight of that is significant and needs to be valued. It takes time and practice. The healthier that these rings are, the healthier that they function, the safer a person you become to everyone because you're trustworthy and you're reliable. Your yes means yes, and you're consistent. Hebrews 12 verse 13, this is really interesting. It says, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but healed. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but healed. It's talking about your path and other people walking on your path. Um, and the more that we level out the paths in our life and solidify our foundations, we can minister to the people around us and they won't stumble and fall. Establishing these DNA relationships in our lives takes effort. And we have to ask ourselves if we're willing to prioritize that. And if we're not, um, I hope we get to that place. In Hebrews, uh, the passage that we read in chapter 10, there were five let us's that were mentioned there. And so we're gonna go through those in the context of the DNA relationships in our lives today. And these relationships, you know, we can apply that passage to all the relationships in our lives. Let us gather as we do on Sundays. Let us have hope and, and encourage one another on and, and um, do all these great things. But it, it becomes a little bit different when we hone in on these closer rings in our relationships. And so we're gonna talk about that with the DNA relationships today. So the first one that we're gonna talk about is gather. A DNA relationship that you have in your life will be one that you create, you carve out intentional time for these people. Um, we all have busy lives and it doesn't mean that, you know, all the hockey moms are gonna be in a DNA group together and all the, the disc golf people are gonna be in a DNA group together. We make time for things that are good and important, but these relationships that we have accountability, that we nurture, that we have discipleship, we need to make time for and we need to gather intentionally. We usually end up making time for what matters most. DNA relationships, when we gather, they have access to our lives. They have access to the good, the bad and the messy, the ugly. I remember after having my first baby, I was 21, um, but I was a little bit of a hot mess. And looking back now, I can see that I definitely had some postpartum depression. I just was 21 and had no idea what that even was. Um, and I would be so, I was so, I was an absolute mess. Like I can't even, it was a disaster, Faye. Um, that's from What About Bob? I didn't need to quote that, but again, another movie that you should watch. <laughs> um, 
You know when you have a movie in your family that it just becomes common speak and you have lines that you just, you quote and you don't even mean to? That's one of our movies. So it was a disaster. Most of the time, it was scorching hot summer. We were in some kind of a heat wave and we had all the blinds drawn, windows closed because it was, our house was like in total disarray and we only had one baby. Um, It just fell apart. And there were very few people that could come and knock on my door that I felt safe to let them in without cleaning up my mess, without getting changed into something that didn't have mess all over it from a newborn baby, that I could sit with and dump my emotional garbage and stuff out and know that they were going to just sit there and love me. There were people who came and knocked on our door and delivered meals, and it was so appreciative. I had people, we had, for weeks, we had people bringing food, and it was such a blessing. But the access inside the walls where people got to see the real mess of what was really going on, those people are few. And when we cultivate those relationships in a time of need, they are the most valuable ones that we will ever have in our life. And all the moms out there said, amen. The second thing that we do in our DNA relationships intentionally is draw near to God together. Let us draw near. It's not just doing a Bible study, and those are good, and I think that we should read books together, and we should challenge. In fact, I'm starting this uh, on Monday with my DNA person, um, and we're going to read through it together for our own lives once again. Um, That's really great, but giving genuine time and... um, effort into seeking the Lord together. And when you have that close of a relationship, they know the deepest desires of your heart. They know the longings. And one of the first and best things that you will do together is seek the Lord's face together. Drawing near into the presence of Jesus, this is fundamental in our closest relationships. The third one I love here is spur one another on to love and good deeds. Um, A spur, I think everybody here probably knows what it is. It's the little metal thing that goes on the back of a boot and you jam it in. I don't know if I had good form there. Not jamming. Okay, Marcel is saying don't jam. Rub, there you go, on a horse (laughs) to get it moving, right? A spur is something that is agitating that moves an animal into movement. Miriam's dictionary says to cause something to happen or to happen more quickly. So a horse is not moving, horse needs to move. Spur causes horse to move and to move quickly. See how I pulled those two things together? I am not loving. I need to love. Friends spur me on and cause me to love and to do it quickly. (laughs) Our DNA relationships, the people in our lives, they have access. They know what's going on. They know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they're going to come and spur you on in times in love to love and good deeds. Um, Mike and I have a ministry coach. And he 
he talks about calling people on to higher thoughts and nobler deeds. Um, this is what we do in our DNA relationships. We spur one another on and not in a, uh, not in a way that's just taking great delight and causing misery in, in our friends, but in a moment where we see the love is lacking in a situation, we're gonna encourage and call them out, call them up and on into love and good deeds, into higher thoughts and nobler deeds. The fourth is to encourage one another. And this is such a great word. I think Mike talked about this, this last week a little bit, um, that there's kind of two parts to encouragement. There's like the motivational calling out, you know, the affirmation and the, all the good things with it. And then there's the side of it that we are giving courage, which sometimes it takes courage to give courage to somebody. A truly healthy DNA relationship is where they know, you know that they would have your back in a moment. And when necessary, as Mike said last week, they will stab you in the front when it's necessary. I would much rather have the closest people in my life know that I have handed them that implement knife that they can come and bring me a hard truth when I need to hear it because we've established the love and the connection. And I trust them that I've given you this knife and I'm expecting you to use it because I need to hear, I've got blind spots, I have things that I'm not seeing, or that I'm being stubborn in and I am missing out on the goodness of seeing it another way. Sometimes encouragement means honest and loving challenge. If we only have support and care without challenge, then it's just enabling. And challenge without care and support is just criticism. So there's a beautiful balance in both. And a DNA friend is somebody who we have intentionally let into our lives and likewise into theirs. And we're willing to inflict momentary pain for the greater good of outcome in life and fruit in somebody's life. I honestly think, you know, so many of us, and myself included, we have great friends in our lives, um, really awesome friends that we have fun with, that we have a good time together. But one of the key elements that's missing in taking it to the level of a DNA relationship where there's that accountability is the stab you in the front kind of stuff. And as believers, we have the opportunity with the love of Christ that we know to be in those relationships with each other and it be a safe place to, to receive a wound of truth in love that we might need to hear. And it doesn't have to crush our ego, though it might for a moment. <laughs> we will eventually be glad that they did it. I can think of so many times in my life where the people closest to me, our family, my family actually has a fame word we've been dubbed uh, or coined, we've coined this phrase, let me help you with something. Um, and when my mom or dad says that, we know that some loving truth is about to be told. <laughs> and the in-laws who have married into the family don't love that phrase so much. They wish that 
perhaps us cantalons would stop helping so much. Um, <laughs> where these situations in my life where I have been going, pushing too hard or expecting too much of a situation, um, something unrealistic or whatever, and the person in my life who's the closest in these DNA relationships just says, Lord, how's that working out for you? How's that really working out for you? And in the safety of that relationship, I'm able to say, you know, uh, probably not so good. And I probably need to take a little bit of a deeper look into that and figure out another way. Looking back on those times now, I know that they hurt, they're uncomfortable, they feel embarrassing, but when they're with the right people and we have those relationships established, we grow from them. And it's not coming from a place of uh, malicious intent or delight in our suffering. It's coming from a place of, I love you and I believe in you and this is what you're capable of. This is what I've seen to be true of you and we can bring it in such a way that we are affirmed and we grow. The last is that we hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. When we know and when we are known, when we let these people in, in our DNA relationships, their hope and faith is not just a hallmark card of meaningless words. When those people in our lives are hoping and faithing with us, it's genuine and it's deep and it has the power to actually sustain us through seasons of life. They comfort and they journey through us, with us in the lens of hope in Jesus. Sometimes we reach a place in our life, and I don't know if you have ever experienced this, but I know that I have in seasons where crisis, personal crisis, has put me in a place where I didn't, all I could do was just get by day by day, sometimes hour by hour. I didn't have the strength uh, to even have faith or hope for a situation. And it's the closest people in those relationships in our lives that are going to, as Aaron and her held up the arms of Moses in the, the Old Testament, um, they're going to hold up your arms. They're going to have faith for you. They're going to hold on to hope unswervingly for your situation. Like the friends in the Bible that took whatever his name was on the mat and carried him and dug through the roof and lowered him into the presence of Jesus. Those are your DNA relationships. Those guys are going to dig a hole, get you into the presence of Jesus. That sounds really dark. <laughs> oh, that just, sometimes when you don't fully finish a thought the right way, you're going to be in that moment where if you're, if you're laying on that mat, you, you can't get up and say, guys, I'll just, I'll walk the last few steps. It's okay, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We, they, he was completely helpless in that moment, and those people in his life brought him, carried him, walked the walk with him, and brought him into the presence of Jesus where he was healed and was able to walk out on his own. These are DNA relationships. And hoping in Jesus is fundamental. 
Hope in the natural is simply wishing for the best outcome. But supernatural hope is a certainty that God is faithful and good. Therefore, my circumstances and outcomes do not affect my deep-rooted joy found in Jesus. Supernatural hope is a person and his name is Jesus. And together in our relationships, we hold on to that together. I wanna talk about Jesus for a second because that's what we do. Um, he was a great example for relationships. If you were to build a circle of relationships for Jesus, working from the outside in, you know, he had the crowds. Um, he had the 72, one layer in, and then he had the 12, and then he had Peter, James, and John, who were the three that were like the closest that he, you know, went through some, some really crazy stuff with. Um, but at the center of that was the Father. And we hear Jesus say in the Gospels that I only do what I see the Father doing. Everything in Jesus' life was determined by this one relationship. The Father being at the center with him. So before we get all these other relationships figured out, the most important one for each of us is to figure out how that first relationship's working out. If Jesus is not at the center ring, it throws all the other relationships out of whack. I have a prop. I'm becoming an illustrated sermon person. You know, do y'all remember those illustrated? No, it's not really very illustrated. It's just a jig. Um, so I'm gonna get somewhere with this. There's Jesus at the center. That's beautiful with us. Um, and if he's not, it throws everything out of whack. So I like to build things in my spare time. I'm not awesome at it, and I guess I'm a bit of a sucker for punishment um, because I learn my lessons best by making very bad mistakes the first time. And I, there's been a couple times where in this house, I've had to build something for my daughters for storage. Um, and this is the first picture of how the first one worked out for me. Um, so there's me building a cabinet to go in there, like a storage cubby kind of thing to go in their closet. And I didn't, I used a Craig jig, and, which was cool, but really hard when you're trying to build drawers. Um, and I didn't measure properly, and I was so proud of myself, um, and then it didn't fit. So I had to take it out and build it again. I had to take off the side and fix the measurements and go through everything and learn my hard lesson. So the next time I went to build another cabinet for my girls, again, they have so much stuff, I just can't even, I can't even express to you how much stuff they have. Um, please don't give us stuff for them. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> the next time, though, that I went to build another storage cubby for them, a, a more of like a cabinet on the outside of their room, like a dresser, I decided that I was going to do it the right way, and I was going to build myself a jig and use dado for the first time, um, which it's just a groove, and then everything fits together beautifully when done properly. So... I built myself this jig, and um, in theory, it was amazing. Um, but 
I think the next picture shows me being happy. There I am, it's working. Um, because I have part of it put together and so far it's, it's okay. Uh, it was a little wobbly at this point. It was a little hard to get things into the right spots. But as I kept going and putting together, so I cut all the dados in with my router and this jig and it, the router goes in there and you just set it on and it makes a straight line for you. It's perfect. Uh, but as I began to put it together, I realized Something's not right. Something is out of whack. And is the next picture with all the clamps, Alexis? All right, so there it is. It's beautiful. It's a work of art, really. Um, but the amount of clamps required to hold this thing together was obscene, really. And thankfully, I have a dear friend, Dale, who has all the clamps you could ever need. And so we used enormous bar clamps. <laughs> Something was out of whack. It didn't fit the way that it should. And if it had been calibrated properly, it would have been. But do you know what was wrong? My saw that cut my jig was not square. So every single dado that I cut into there was off by one thirty-second of an inch, one thirty-second. That means if you take one inch and divide it by 32, like so little, that's how much it was off. And you add that up with, I don't even remember how many joints it took to put that all together, but there's like probably 40 or something. That's a lot that your whole unit is off. It was out by more than an inch on corners and it was, an absolute nightmare. Uh, praise report, I did finish both of them and <laughs> we'll show you, uh, you know, just because I have to show you that I can actually build things. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. And the one for the closet, we might as well just show them that one too. There you go. Yep. Um, they don't look like that anymore. <laughs> the baskets are all on the floor and the clothes are pouring out of the baskets and the toys are all mixed. It's, I regret all of it, but um, <laughs> here's the thing. When our saw's not square, when our most important relationship is not calibrated properly, it's gonna send everything out of whack. When Jesus is not at the center of our relationships, it throws everything out. We end up expecting the fruit of Mike Bedell in my life instead of the fruit of the Spirit. And that's so unrealistic and so unfair to put on another person. But instead, if Jesus is at the center, we can develop the fruit of the Spirit because it's his gift to us. When Jesus is not at the center, we allow others to hold space in rings that they don't belong in. When Jesus is not at the center, the ones who should be in those closest rings end up hurt and neglected. But if Jesus is at the center, everything else can come together with time and patience and effort and bar clamps. Everything is central around Jesus.
It impacts how we see ourselves, our identity, our value. It impacts how we see other people, how we handle their mistakes, the impact that those have on us. It impacts how our calling is determined. When we keep Jesus at the center, it will help everything else fall into place. So today I ask you to consider these most closest, most important rings in your life. The first being you and your relationship with Jesus, your spouse, your family, and then the DNA relationships. Take time to think about who these people are. Take time to develop those relationships. Take time to, to and stock, take stock of your life. And is your life managing your time right now or are you managing it? Sometimes we need to cut a little bit out of our lives and our busyness to be able to give time to the things that truly are life-giving and that level our ground. So we're gonna pray today. We're gonna pray for two, two groups of people. Maybe you fall into both categories and that's wonderful and that's okay. The first is that those who need, for those who need and want those DNA relationships, if that's lacking in your life um, and you want to welcome in somebody into that closeness where you're gonna let them challenge you and encourage you and give you courage in a moment to call out the best in you and to call out when something is not bringing out best in you. I want us to pray for that. I have um, my, my closest friend. I did not have her in my life for a lot of years and I reached a point where I was lonely. I didn't have first phone call friends. Um, and when we were moving back to the lower mainland, I remember standing in my kitchen, a little storage thing, and I just said, God, can you please give me a friend? <laughs> can you give me a friend? I, I need that person. I need that person in my life. And it was within one month of moving to our new location. Uh, I went to a women's retreat. Guys, go to the men's retreat. And this girl asked me to ride in the car with her on the drive. And we drove for four hours there and we drove for four hours back. And it was such a holy connection. It was sacred. And she is my best friend now. And she calls out the gold. She digs out the gold. And in digging it out, she calls me on my crap. <laughs> and I do the same. God can bring those people into your life. So we're going to pray about that. And then the other group is those of us whose saw needs to be squared. That our relationship with Jesus needs to be recalibrated and returned to the center innermost, most important of highest priority relationship in our lives. Perhaps you have placed somebody else in that spot and it's led to some really unhealthy attachments and codependency and all those wonderful things. Or perhaps you've never invited Jesus to be at the center, to be the one that is your hope and your firm foundation. And if that's you today, it's so easy to get to that place. All we have to do is open our hearts and ask for his help and acknowledge that we are imperfect and that we have messed up 
and that we want his help. So if that's you, I invite you to welcome Jesus into that innermost circle of your life. Can we stand together? Should have had you do that first. Gosh, I'm still learning. I know Mike already had you place your hands on your heart, but it's good. Let's do that. Lord, we praise you. I thank you for this community of believers. I thank you for this church, for these people that you have brought in to relationship with us. I thank you that we can gather in this place, that we can encourage one another and worship and celebrate your presence together. And Lord, for the everyday, day in and day out, today, God, we ask that you would solidify these relationships in our lives. And if they're missing, that you would bring them in. Lord, that you would provide that friend for a person who might feel lonely in this place or like they are lacking in that area. I ask for a miracle. I ask for those of us who have close people in our lives but perhaps haven't let them in to see the pain or to call us out on something when we've, when we've lost our way. Would you help us to, to have courage to step into that next level of relationship? Would you help us through these relationships to become the best versions of ourselves? And for those of us who have gotten off out of sync because we have neglected our relationship with you, Christ Jesus, I ask that you would fill us anew once again, that you would remind us of your love, your forgiveness, your kindness, and your unconditional availability in our lives. And may we do the hard work to place you at the center and to keep you at the center. I pray for my brothers and sisters that don't know you in this place this morning. I pray that the good news of your life, Lord, that your sacrifice, that your death, that your resurrection would be received that your help, that your love, that your wholeness would miraculously work in their lives as they accept your love. I thank you for these people. May they go in joy today. May they know your presence. May they see growth and fruit and development in those innermost relationships. Amen. Today, some of you do need to receive prayer. I think all of us do. That's the reality. And so many of you can Maybe sit beside somebody and pray or on the drive home, have a conversation. But you know what it's like. There are times where it would just help you so much to have somebody in this time before you leave pray with you. I hope it's becoming clear to you that we have a conviction in this church that everybody needs DNA relationships, discipleship, nurturing, and accountability. Everybody needs that. There are people that can attend church for a lifetime attend a small group for a lifetime, and yet not have close enough relationships that there's real discipleship, care, and growth in their life through accountability. You need that. I need that. And it may take, like Laura said, a miracle. For her, it was a month after she prayed. For some people, it might be six months or a year. Get involved. 
Find people, do things together with them in the life of this church and allow God to bring people alongside you that can be that for you. So some of you may need prayer for that today. Some of you may need prayer for something entirely different. Others, what Laura landed on, this thought that at the center of our lives, if that's off kilter, if that's not sorted, everything else begins to fall apart. Today, somebody may know, you know, this is my moment. I've been running from Jesus or avoiding him but I want him at the center of my life. You don't have to understand everything that means, but you can take your first step of trust today. And somebody up front here would love to pray with you. I wanna speak a blessing over you as we go today. Let's pray one last time. Father, we give you thanks for each person here. I pray your blessing over their life, over their family, over all the connections, relationships, and people in their world. Would you strengthen all of the circles of friendship in all of our lives this year? Father, we're going into your world on your mission. We need each other, and we need the anointing of your spirit to go with us, to fill us and empower us. We want the same kind of love and truth that we've discovered in Jesus alone to overflow from our lives into the everyday stuff of life this week in the Comox Valley, helping others who don't know you yet begin to discover you. Anoint us for this, we pray. Send us now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Thanks again for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged you as you live out your faith in everyday life. Make sure to download our church app by typing Comox Pentecostal into Google Play or the App Store to enjoy more podcasts, Bible resources, giving options, and more.